Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Joey Votto into the bay. A splashdown for his first homer of the year. McCovey Cove beat Joey Votto. Three nothing Reds. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Late Night Reds Talk, where Nick and I have a very special guest. We're so excited. I have been reading Cespedes Barbecue for a long time. So you can check them out on the Ringer Podcast and Baseball Barbecue. Uh, they are now also available on MLB on Fox. Uh, joining us is Mr. Jordan Schusterman. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us, man. I'm so stoked you're here. Thank you so much for the invite. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk some Cincinnati Reds, a team that uh, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about. I'm feel, I know they had a bad day today, but I'm feeling pretty good about them. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh so kind of for your first question because Nick and I we've been doing this is probably about our fifth or sixth episode now, um, and we you know obviously we talk about the Reds every week. We we text about the Reds daily. We tweet about the Reds. So you know we were always kind of looking at the national perspective from this team was always like we kind of felt was like almost like people just weren't paying attention next then because they're like well they had a brutal offense last year and it's like yeah sixty games like. And Trevor Bauer's gone, so there's no way the rotations can be very good. And we just kept hearing all these things. So, like, for the national perspective, why do you feel like people were kind of counting them out? It almost felt like from day one. That's a that's a good place to start. I mean, I think just going back to last year, um, it was such a wacky season. And the offense being that bad was kind of stunning because when you look at the names in the lineup, you're not like, wow, this offense stinks. Um, but they did. But uh, uh, one of it, one of the most incredible stats from the off season. This this came from from Mike Petriello, a good friend over at MLB.com, um, That their their BABIP last year was like the second worst in baseball history, or yeah. something. Uh, something completely absurd, which kind of gave you uh, a sense. Yeah, two forty five, which was twenty points lower than twenty ninth place Texas. Like that is just. And that has a lot to do with it. And the thing is, and this is a big part of when we talk about the 2020 season, is we, we refer to it as a season. But, like, it's not a season. It was 60 games, right? Of course, it counted, and, and it, was, it was real baseball, and we, and we all watched, and we all cared. But to refer to it as, as a season performance is not fair. That's just not how these games worked. And, you know, in, in, at the end of May, if we look around baseball this season and say, like, all right, here we go. This is let's just call it folks. This is what what it is. Like it would be absurd, right? It would be totally ridiculous. So, I think when we reflect on what it was last year and I think that how bad they looked in those two games against Atlanta too, especially offensively, it just kind of made everyone doubt that this team would be remotely for real even in 
what is obviously a very blah division. Um, and of course, losing Bauer too, just the general attention is very much off them. But I think that what you've seen so far this season with the performances of guys like Castellanos and, you know, even to some degree, you know, Moustakas has certainly looked better and Suarez has looked better and, and Barnhart will talk about Naquin, I'm sure. I've always been a big Jesse <laughs> Winker guy, so that, that one doesn't surprise me. But uh, I think you see that it's like, no, they actually do have some good hitters and, and the pitching staff, especially the bullpen, which I know maybe has scuffled a little bit more than we've expected at the beginning. Like, clearly the pitching development with the Reds is very, very, very strong. Um, and I think that that will continue to be a strength, even if you haven't necessarily heard of the guys that are doing it. You, you know, you mentioned the BABIP and how tough that was. And obviously that is excruciating when, you know, for guys like Nick and I who are watching the Reds every night, um, we kind of like see this and we go, no, guys, we swear they're they're making contact. It's just right <laughs> at people. And the prime example that this year has been Joey Votto, obviously, like, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the Reds fan base. But Joey mm-hmm. Votto is the dividing line of, like, it's like a civil war if you're pro <laughs> or anti. Yeah. And uh, Nick and I are both very pro. And what we've seen so far from this year, you know, uh, Fangrass had an article today saying it's too early to panic about him. And mm-hmm. I loved it because they brought up the point of, like, well, his exit velocity this year is great. And you're seeing, like, if you watch Reds games, he mm-hmm. struck out, like, six or seven times, I think, in about 38 plate appearances. But he's getting solid contact. It just so happens to be right at people. Do you feel like this could be – I mean, we're not expecting him to go be 330, you know, sure. 4, 437 on base percentage again. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of keep bringing up the point of, like, you know, the, for us in Cincinnati, King Griffey Jr.'s 37-year-old season, he was an all-star. He had a slow start, and he just kind of, like, you know, ended up having a pretty good year. Is that's, I don't think Votto's going to be an all-star by any means. Could you kind of see him having a pretty solid year with what you're seeing at the bat so far this year? Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, obviously, I think most neutral fans love Joey Votto and and understanding how divisive he is within Cincinnati is kind of shocking to me when you look back at his career. And and I understand what it's rooted in. And it's like, oh, more walks than RBI. How good could he be? Um, But realistically, I just I, I think that he's the kind of guy who obviously takes hitting so seriously and is going to work to perfect his craft. And sometimes the the luck of the BABIP is not always going to reward you. And that's unfortunate for a guy like him who you want to see the hard work and the adjustments pay off immediately. But even the last, I mean, I think he homered today or homered yesterday, and you know, you've already started to see him. Even last year where the line looks somewhat underwhelming, he was clearly getting to his power a lot more than the year before. Um, and so, so yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. And the thing about this team is that like, you know, when he was at his best, he was, and it was like, all right, Joey Votto is going to carry us. And I think a lot of the reason why people were so mad about him drawing walks is that there wasn't anyone else to drive him in. (laughs) Whereas now, like there are other guys in the lineup that can do that. If he can still get on base, obviously keep the strikeouts down, keep drawing walks. So it's a fascinating thing to watch just like his development as a hitter at this stage of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I think he could be right around what he was last year over a full season, which is, which is honestly pretty, pretty good. Um, even if he just, it doesn't look like the, you know, MVP candidate that he was for, you know, six, seven years in a row originally. Yeah, Jordan, I think it's just as perplexing to us that there's Reds fans that <laughs> don't appreciate Joey Votto. So we don't, yeah. we don't understand that either. We don't have any good rhyme or reason. I, I know I've seen some of your, your takes other places, but I love just your quick take on like kind of the, the Cassiano situation uh, with the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So my, my, general, my general opinion on that whole thing 
was what him getting suspended was just a nature of literally the, the weirdness of the play itself. If it was, if he had done what he did, which is say, you know, I don't know. Can we curse on this thing? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, he, if he, we, we see players saying let go all the time, all over the field. That's not, people aren't getting suspended for that. It's just by the nature of the weird play, he happened to be standing right over him where he looked extremely aggressive and like in his face, <laughs> but it's not like he ran over to the dugout or ran up to Woodford standing on the mound and was like, let's not go. It's just the nature of where he was. Right. So yeah, it looked aggressive. And if they do, if they did change the rules about taunting, like, I can see why they would, you know, make that. But it sucks because, like, that's just the kind of thing that MLB is usually trying to promote more of. And so then to punish him for that is absurd. Um, I My favorite part of the whole thing was, like, I mean, his quote about Yadi Molina after. And you could tell, <laughs> too, in the moment. It, it was funny because in the moment, I remember watching it live. I, I don't know where I was, but I, like, got home and turned the game on. And within five seconds, this is what happened. So it was like, <laughs> I was very disoriented. So I, I, cause I like missed the hit by pitch. So I was like very confused as to why stuff was popping off just from this play. But, but you could see even in the minutes after Molina talking to Castellanos and it was so it was hilarious. And it was like, you could tell Castellanos was like, I'm not going to get mad at Yachty, you know, like, come on, like, <laughs> let's be realistic here. You could tell Yachty was like, look, man, Jake Woodford stinks. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I can't, <laughs> like, sorry. Like, it's just, it's, he's out there because we're losing and he's not like, that's the whole point. Like, sorry. You know, and I know it looked like it was more intentional. Like, maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe it wasn't. I don't really care about that. I, I don't find it interesting to litigate that stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, those generally the baseball fights like that are always very silly. So. It is what it is, but it is ridiculous that he got suspended. I, and I guess you guys would know better. He, he's still appealing, right? Yes. Is it yeah. Still in pro- okay. Yeah, there, there still has not been a resolution. It, it feels to me this is a very long um, way. I can't remember uh, um, a suspension being appealed, you know, going more than a week. Um, um, Especially one but, like this, which isn't that. Yeah shouldn't seem to be that complicated, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes they do take a while. So it's, it's not like we're mid season where there's suspensions left and right. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. have all these things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tweeted out earlier today. I really hope, you know, they don't decide to cut it to one game and then do it on Friday. Cause that's the Reds first time all year facing a left-handed pitcher. And Cassianos is one of the best hitters in baseball against left-handed pitchers. So that would they be like, wow. Well, they haven't legit- faced a lefty. Yeah. It, it's incredible. I mean, huh. you know, uh, we're, we're how many games are we into this season? Twelve, Seven, five, twelve, twelve, 12 yeah. games, and all all right-handed pitchers. So hmm. that would be brutal. That would be like legitimately him being suspended three games, in my opinion, just because he's so right. valuable against left-handed pitching. Right. Um. So yeah. Um. I guess one other question for you, Jordan. Who's maybe your your one under the radar player on the Reds that you kind of are interested in or following or mm-hmm. or just paying close attention to? So. Again, I'm not talking about Tyler Naquin until you're going to make me. Naquin, Naquin, Naquin. So I'm not going with Naquin, but there are two. There are two guys that I am, I would say, most interested in uh, for this season in terms of um, I'll give you one hitter and one pitcher. The hitter who is the one that I was hoping would be having the Naquin breakout is Nick Senzel. And Nick Senzel, I know, has not really had the best start to the season. He has not been really contributing to the to the offense thus far. 
Uh, I have just always been a big fan, always a big believer in him. I know he's had all kinds of kind of bizarre injuries leading into the season. He had that, I think it was vertigo mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. I don't know if it was before yeah. his debut or, or during his rookie season, and then he had all kinds of other injuries. I, maybe maybe I'm cra- – like, I mean, it was the second overall pick. It's not like it was a hot take. But I just feel like people have written him off, and I I just believe in him, and I want to see him get a chance. And I honestly don't – to the extent – this is this is my limit of, of how much I, I have been watching the Reds this year, which is that, like, I don't totally know how the playing time is shaking out. I, I can't believe Aquino is back and playing, but it, I, that is obviously delightful. And then Naquin, of course, is getting at-bats, and I know Winker's been great. So I don't know where the at-bats are going to be for him, and I know I guess Akiyama still has to play <laughs> at some point. Um, but it's it's very – it's it's weird. Like I just I want to see him be the guy to be one of the the because if you if you look at the roster and you you know like okay you've got your veterans Envato Suarez Mustakis Castellanos like that is like you should be expecting above average you know production from that group and then you've got your young guy your your kind of mid tier guy like Jesse Winker who I wouldn't call him established, but like he's been in the league. You kind of, you're, you're feeling good about him. Barnhart kind of in that category, but like Senzel's the one that you, you would hope to be taking that step forward to kind of build around. Um, because of course, if he's a top five pick, that's what you're expecting. And I don't know, I, I would love to get your guys' take. Cause I haven't just watched him that closely. How much confidence do you guys have in him? Because that's the kind of guy that you, you know, I know as, 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 as a Mariners fan, like, you know, I watched Kyle Lewis so closely because I know he just won Rookie of the Year and it was great. But like everything that it's someone that that it was that high of a pick does, it just I gets takes su- such attention. Like I, I focus on it so much. So I would love to hear what you guys think of Senzel. How much confidence you have in him? Maybe just based on the beginning of the season or how the organization talks about him. Well, last week we kind of talked about it because you know we we're coming off they were they just they were five and one last week and. I think the thing that's really jumped out to me the most as far as his growth, and, you know, like you said, he's the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so good in the box as far as, like, being patient. He's working counts, and it's really impressive, honestly, because you can see, like, how he's seeing pitches. And I feel like he kind of has kind of been a tendency of bad luck. He started the year over 7, and mm-hmm. then, of course, you know, you play the Pirates, you get a three-hit game. Everyone's getting three-hit games against the Pirates. Right. But the fact that, like, he just works the count really well, and that's where I really see, like, that confidence. And I'm with you. I'm not at the point where, like, I'm not ever going to doubt Nick Senzel until he gives a full reason to, like, you know, this isn't a case of – we we sat through Brandon Larson as a first-round pick, who was just uh, awful. I don't think we're going to – I don't think we're worried that much by any means. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, Senzel, C- he's over his last – um um man math is hard to lie um over his last 11 three games ago he had a, a 1020 ops and he's mm-hmm. dropped to 684 in, in three right. games right. So, I've got, we're I mean, such at, a this, sample yeah of course. yeah of course but i i think probably most reds fans would tell you they're they're encouraged with what we've seen from Sincel so far this year he he looks a lot more comfortable um mm-hmm. at, at the plate than he looked last year and la- last year i mean this guy's had the worst luck he um um we believe they never officially announced that he missed a month because of COVID last year. Mm-hmm. Right, right, um, right. I mean, just, just the worst possible luck, but yeah, I mm-hmm. think he looked really comfortable in the box. And I guess what you're, you're saying about, you know, the, the, the outfield log jam, 
I'm one that's not worried about that. Those things figure themselves out. The Reds have a ton of guys that have had a lot of injury issues. Winker, Naquin, Senzel, mm-hmm. Akiyama's hurt right now. And David Bell is a really, really good manager in terms of finding a way to, to get everyone playing time. He is the double switch king. Um, so even like Senzel didn't start today, but he, he came in, I think, in the, the sixth inning mm-hmm. um, and, and got in at that. You know, that'll happen a lot. So. Um, Bell will use all those outfielders, and yeah, I'm not worried about that. Aquino, that's the the weird one. He's just on the Reds roster right now because he has no options. Oh, um, okay. If, he's, if yeah. he's not on the if he's not on the roster, they lose him. Right. And, and the Reds the Reds don't have a a um he's he's their best right handed bat off the bench unless right. Senzel's not starting. So right, right. I mean, there right. is kind of a role for him. I expect he'll probably start Friday night when the Reds finally face their first left-handed pitcher of the year. Right. Um, True. But yeah, I mean, he's just kind of on there. I, I don't. I don't know what their plan is with him. You know, maybe they're hoping, um, um, you know, he'll get hot. Maybe have some trade value, or just kind of say, hey, we're going to keep him on the roster as long as we can because someone's going to get hurt at some point, and then hey, we'll have a spot to to uh, to, to play him and just kind of as, as kind of to keep themselves with some depth. Can I just quickly, and then I'll get to the, the pitchers that I wanted to, to mention. Uh, just on Aquino, quickly. Like, he truly had the potential. Like, if they really didn't believe in him and they were just like, screw it, no options, DFA, trade, whatever, like, release, like, I don't know, outright, I don't know. Which would not be the craziest thing after how bad he looked last year. He really had the potential to have one of the craziest, like, okay, and then say hypothetically he just, like, then didn't, you know, obviously he would get signed, but he just, like, never really made it back. Potential for one of the greatest baseball reference pages of all time. Like, <laughs> you, if you were looking back, yeah. if, if in, like, 15 years you were, like, you came across Aristides Aquino and you were, like, what? Like, what? I'm trying to understand, like, what happened here? Like, he had, he had 19 home runs in 36 games and then just disappeared? Like, what? Uh, I just, man, he, that was just one of the most fun, you know, are you, are you trying to say an eight, are you trying to say an eight forty eight career OPS is, is good? (laughs) I mean, that's (laughs) that's what he has right now. Like it's, it's, it's insane. It's really, Um, it's really bounced. It's, I, he's, it's hard to say anyway. So uh, the fact that he's done anything to start this year has been delightful because obviously I'm ready for him. Yeah, and first he does have two home runs this year. So he's actually, you know, I was going to say same as last year already. So. And those are two home runs coming when he's lucky to get an at bat every other night. So exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, so far so good. He's yeah, filling I, his role. I love Aquino. He's. I mean, I'm. I'm obviously rooting for him. It's just uh, after last year, I was like, oh man, he might just be gone. He might just be. <laughs> he never might never see him again. Um, uh, okay, but then in terms of the pitchers, I, I mean, there's two. They're both new to the team this year. Um. And they were also both former first-round picks. One of them is Jeff Hoffman, and the other is Carson Fulmer. Do you guys have any strong feelings about either of them or the other? Because I'll just say both of these guys were top ten picks. Both of these guys reached the big leagues pretty quickly and then were very disappointing. Hoffman because he was on the Rockies, and the Rockies are the Rockies. And... (laughs) Carson Fulmer because he could just not throw strikes at all and his his stuff was terrible and his command was even worse and he just never really figured it out. But from what I've seen from both of them so far this year, man, I mean, I, I mentioned the the you know the Reds pitching dev, which I totally you know trust. Um, 
I mean, I'm, I just, it's, if they, if they could turn those guys into anything, even if Hoffman moves to the bullpen eventually, like that's, that's awesome. That's really, really, really cool. And that's the kind of bet that you like to see teams like the Reds making instead of, cause you know, they're obviously not going to be spending money. So you got to be kind of nailing those trades as best you can. Yeah. Especially I love that you brought up, we got Hoffman for Robert Stevenson. So like, right. not that I don't love Bob Steve by any means, but yeah, it feels like it could be an upgrade for sure. Right. Right. That's true. Um, I love that you brought up Carson Fulmer. I don't. We haven't brought him up yet at all. No, we haven't. A, a national guy comes in and, and brings him on. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. The cool thing well, about yeah. about Fulmer is no one in the Reds bullpen has been able to throw strikes except for Carson Fulmer. Like, <laughs> like he's crazy. the one who. Yeah. And Cam Bedrosian, who's had like five straight years of, of yeah. an above average walk rate, can't throw a strike at all. Walked mm-hmm. two guys last night. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I the, the that's the one thing the Reds have really been good at with um, with Derek Johnson has been picking up guys that are kind of um, you know on their last leg in their MLB career and, and turning them into you know serviceable players. I mean, I know Sonny Gray wasn't on his last leg, but. Sure. I mean, sure. legitimately, Sonny Gray is probably a top 15, 20 pitcher in baseball. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was a guy the Reds got for, you know, not not a whole lot. So yeah. I know you're, you're you're big on Shed Long, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I don't want to want No, that was a, sure. obviously a great <laughs> trade. So I can't, yeah. can't be uh, hating on that. But, yeah, we, we like Jeff Hoffman. I mean, I think Jeff's looked really good in his, his two starts so far for the Reds. Um, yeah. um, he's just a great, great depth guy to have when you, you know, you you have a couple guys down. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those are great, great picks for sure. I would also just say a uh, quick two selfish stories because part of it is I have no, I mean, oftentimes because I've, you know, been fortunate to be doing this as long as I have, and we've, we've been able to talk to a lot of players and meet a lot of guys. And so I, I often gravitate to the guys who I have personal experience with in the past and Hoffman and Fulmer are both very up there. I'm not that I've been in touch with them at all, but they were two uh, featured in two of probably the two of the funniest things that we've ever made. One was when Jeff Hoffman was at the futures game in 2016, 16, I believe we were doing like the futures game check-in for MLB.com where all the guys get there and they, they go to the hotel and they, they get their Jersey and their meal money and whatever. And so we like sit, set up shop there at the hotel and interview them. And Jeff Hoffman was awesome. And we talked to him and for some reason we had this mini basketball hoop, like one that you would like hang up on your door. And we had, um, we were doing, we were, we would ask the, the players to dunk on Jake. So I would hold the, <laughs> I would hold the basketball hoop over Jake's head and then toss the ball up. And then the prospects would come and dunk on Jake. <laughs> and we, the problem is I wish I could send you the video. It was a vine. Remember vine? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so I was like, Oh, that video is dead. Like that video doesn't even exist anymore, but there is video somewhere. I think Jake maybe has it in his computer of Jeff Hoffman dunking all over him which is funny and then Carson Fulmer this video you can watch and I highly recommend it we actually did this twice with Carson Fulmer when we went uh, on one of our minor league road trips we saw him when he was in Birmingham double a with the White Sox we played fungo golf with him I don't know how familiar you guys are with fungo golf um but uh it's basically golf except you're hitting the ball with the fungo and uh we played it at double a stadium and then we did it in big league spring training with him and James Shields 
in 2018, I think. Um, so if you search Carson Fulmer Fungo Golf, you can watch us play Fungo Golf with Carson Fulmer twice. Nice. Once in Birmingham and once in, uh, in Glendale, Arizona. So both great dudes, and I am happy to see them succeeding with the Cincinnati Reds. That's fantastic. So, Jordan, I got to ask about three guys in particular because I know we're limited mm-hmm. on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts as the Nash perspective. And, yes, one of them is Tyler Naquin. I'm going to yep. open this door for you. Um, so, first one, obviously, Jonathan India. Uh, we've seen just mm-hmm. this, like, amazing run. And, you know, obviously the fact he was the fifth pick in the draft is really showing how good he can be. And then um, Tyler Stevenson, who we've seen really kind of become this platoon with Tucker Barnhart. Nick and I are very much in the uh, idea of – we want to see Stevenson get more at-bats. We just feel like he brings more to the plate. Had a really nice throwout today in the Giants game of a mm-hmm. runner stealing second. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Nate Quinn, who <laughs> – Nick actually had this tweet came up that, like, popped up <laughs> that he sent to me in, like, 2017 about, like, if we trade Jay Bruce, can we get Tyler Naquin from the Indians? And sure enough, now he's playing for the Indians. So, like, with those uh, three guys – Yeah, yeah. With those three guys, you know, and I think India, obviously, right now is – for 12 games in, obviously, it's kind of – Trying to plant his his name in there as a potential Roy candidate. Um, obviously, you know, twelve games is not ever going to make give a guy a rookie of the year unless you play in the NBA. But um, what do you take from those three guys and what they're contributing to the Reds' offense so far? Uh, yeah, so let's start with India. Um, yeah, I, I've been really impressed, and he's the kind of guy that, I mean, really kind of fell off the radar relatively in the last two seasons as far as top five picks go. Just because he he was fine, he wasn't anything special. Like yeah, he was kind of doing his thing and reaching Double A in nineteen, but he wasn't putting up crazy numbers. And I think coming off that junior year in Florida, where he was like one of the best players in college baseball, maybe the obviously one of the best players in college baseball. I, there was a lot of lot of hype, and so when he came out of the gate, kind of average, it was like oh, maybe he's just fine because that's kind of what people thought he was in his first two years at Florida. So clearly he made an impression over the last year and in spring training to where he made the team. And, and I've, to be honest, I've never been a huge fan. Not that I thought he was bad, but I, I was with the group of people that was like, okay, yeah, he's fine. Like he'll be a big leaguer. He'll be, he'll contribute. He'll, you know, bat seventh and play good defense in one of the infield spots and whatever. Like I, I was not like excited, but yeah, I mean, he's clearly shown me a, a lot already to the, to this kind of thing where, where, and, and you can't be that shocked because it's it's hard to put up a season the way that he did. One of the best SEC seasons in the last decade, truly, what he did in 2018. Um, there's clearly a, a very special talent within there. So uh, is he going to hit 350 all year? Probably not. I mean, he did it in Florida. Florida. <laughs> he did, but <laughs> but, but uh, am I expecting that? No, of course not. But if he can be like a more of a well above average uh, offensive contributor, like he's, I'm looking right now, he's at 122 OPS plus. If he's at that instead of a 105, that's a that's a huge deal. Um, and 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 that that's the kind of thing where where really and obviously an element to the offense that did not exist last year <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, as for Stevenson, totally with you guys. I know Barnhart is great defensively and. He's been solid offensively and has had moments of being good offensively. Um, it's tough because we know Stevenson is the catcher of the future, and I think he can stick back there. I also want to see him get every day at bats. Um, but I, I, it, it's one of those things, man. Like, I've, I've, I've learned – there was a time when I naively thought, like, oh, like, screw your catcher leadership 
game calling, whatever. Like, just give me the guy that can rake that's 23, right? Like, <laughs> this is what I always thought about Francisco Mejia. It's like, ultimately, those guys just aren't going to play because you just need someone that can, that can control the game. And, and it just sucks, especially for a team that's trying to win, right? If you're a worse team, you can just say, screw it. Let's just get our 23-year-old back there and hopefully he hits and then we have this valuable player. But Barnhart's going to play, man. Like, he's <laughs> he's going to play. I hope it gets to be more even so that Stevenson can still get 200, 300 at-bats this year at least. Um, but it's tough. But I, I'm a huge believer. I think he's a super underrated prospect in general. And I think just having both of those guys is is a great platoon situation. And honestly, which brings us to our, our third and, and, and perhaps final topic this evening, Mr. Tyler Naquin. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that they haven't faced a left-hander yet because <laughs> that explains a lot. I had, no, <laughs> I had no idea, but I was like, wait, why is Tyler Naquin even playing? But there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, the reason why I, 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 you know, I've been, you know, like I tweeted, like, it's so inexplicable. I mean, yeah, so he has this great rookie season. I mean, this is also a first-rounder, but he is the kind of first-rounder that I was just not not excited about at any point. And I know he had the good rookie season, but he's so rarely showed me anything over the last few years that made me excited about him as anything more than than a platoon bat who can, like, play decent outfield. Uh, if he didn't have that walk-off inside the park home run – like, would anyone know who Tyler Naquin was <laughs> like, before the season, honestly, like even for a first round pick? So I've just never been a fan, but obviously he's taking advantage of his of his uh, his time so far. And, and but like, it's the kind of thing that like, I hope that they don't try and play him against lefties just because he's hit five homers in nine games because he, uh, know you know, know your strengths and just take advantage of what he's doing well against. That would be my hope. But We'll see, man. I mean, again, it's already you've already banked those five homers. Like he's already paid off, been worth the investment, which was what a minor league deal in February. Like he's clearly been worth it already. Yeah, if he gets twenty plate appearances against a left-handed pitcher, something's gone horribly wrong. David <laughs> Bell is very, very platoon. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, happy. Yeah, he's he's, he's not going to see many lefties. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I so, guess yeah. you did. You did get that you give us about 30 minutes. We definitely mm-hmm. appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. I do have to ask you about this. since now you're part of the Ringer family. Mm-hmm. Um, are you hearing a lot from Bill Simmons now that the Red Sox are on this crazy win streak? <laughs> Good question. I can honestly tell you no. However, <laughs> I can also honestly tell you that we should probably get him on the podcast if we keep winning just uh, so that we can hear his, his Garrett Whitlock takes. Uh, which I'm sure he has uh, plenty of. Um, yeah, I mean, the Red Sox right now, like, I, they were so unwashable last year because of the pitching that any amount of competence on the pitching staff this year was going to make them a decent team. Um, and I still don't really believe in the pitching staff, but if J.D. Martinez is back, uh, Rafael Devers is one of my favorite players. Uh, yeah, they could be they could be fine. But, hey, this is a Reds podcast, not a Red Sox podcast. But there you go. There's some bonus, <laughs> there's some bonus Red Sox content for you. If if Bill would like to come on, he is obviously welcome. What are we going to tell him? No, he can't be on the podcast. That's not happening. So, uh, <laughs> so, so yes, maybe if they uh, if they keep the win streak going through next week's episode, we might have to uh, put something in place. Perfect. Well, Nick, uh, do you have anything before we close out? Uh, no. Well, Jordan, do you want to give a, a chance to tell us what you're working on? Um, shout out anything you got coming up? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, uh, 
we announced on opening day that, that we, we joined Fox Sports. We're going to be making, uh, doing a lot of written content for them, maybe some video stuff later this season. Um, so that's really exciting because we, we didn't really have a place to write over the last couple of years. Uh, so very excited to, to start doing some stuff over there. But yes, uh, Baseball Barbecue on the Ringer Podcast Network. We are once a week on Tuesdays. Uh, make sure you're following on Spotify. We're on the Ringer Baseball Feed combined with the Ringer MLB Show. Um, but yeah, just follow us, uh, Cespedes BBQ on Twitter is where you can find all of our stuff. I actually just made my own Twitter, mostly for my Mariners tweets, uh, at J underscore Schusterman <laughs> underscore. So if you want some some shed long love, even though he is obviously very hurt and not playing. Uh, but if you want some, you know, delirious Thai France tweets, be sure to follow me over there. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what I got going on. So uh, but thank you guys for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah so thanks so I- much. Should I sell my Kyle Lewis rookie cards? I got like 30 right now. <laughs> oh, if you want to do rookie card chat, let's, let's take that off the air. Let's take that off the air. All right? <laughs> Sounds we'll, we'll great. PS, we'll talk PSA 9. Uh, you know, what, what, what the difference is, is, is if we want, to, we want to talk about that, we can't. We can't. Sounds good. Well, Jordan, this is awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk some Reds baseball with us. Um, take care of Taylor Trammell for us. We are, we're <laughs> keeping an eye on him. So, um, but yeah, hopefully we can do this soon, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much. And, uh, good luck. Good luck to the red legs the rest of the way. I'll be, I'll be thinking about you guys as they continue on this season. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate it. I will, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Reach out. We'll, I'll, do, I'll do this again later this season if you guys want. All right. Love to. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. All right, so, so now that the national guy's off, we can talk about how bad the last week has been. Uh, we don't yes. want any national guys to to get a bad perception of our, our Reds, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so, yes, I've been, like, dying since, like, last night. You know, I stayed up, I watched the game, and obviously, you know, you see Vado Homer, and I'm all excited, and, like, Luis Castillo has another bad first inning. Um, it almost, like, I know it's only three starts, do you remember, like, 2011 Edison Volquez where, like, if he got through the first inning... No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't I'm put kidding. that out there, Tim. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, okay, you know, you you have a better baseball brain than me. And I say that with, like, total confidence. Uh, it's not a bad thing. So, like, am I wrong here in thinking, like, why did Amir Garrett only pitch one inning in this road trip? Yeah. Well, I mean... Amir hasn't looked sharp, so I mean, I, I, there is that. Um, I, I, I know I kind of, you know, tweeted something out, you know, on um, on Monday night. I wonder if with with Sims and Garrett, I wonder if they are being very cautious with them because they they know their bullpens thin. Um, I wonder if they're going to kind of be cautious with them early in the year and only pitch them late in games with leads when they know their appearances is, is, uh, is very valuable and that it would, you know, contribute to a win. It's not a wasted appearance. Um, um, I do wonder about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if any of the games that the Reds lost, you know, Garrett coming in would have made a difference. Um, so I, I guess in that sense, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, yeah, today's loss just kind of – it's one of those things that happens. Can't yeah. get anything going against a starting pitcher. But um, it was great. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you had a couple of bad defensive plays. Just was a game you never really felt like you were you were in um, after the fifth inning. Um, Yesterday is the one that, that stings. The game where you have the four nothing lead, where you have your ace on the mound, you should. You know, those are the the wins you should convert. Um, I'm not worried about Castillo. He's had three either. starts. One of them was really good. One of them was terrible. One of them was average. I don't even think yesterday was that bad. Um, the the second home run he gave to Brandon Crawford. There was a a two one two one pitch that was a a clear strike, like not 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 on the corner. Like it was a clear strike. Um, it was called a ball. Made it a three one count. The next pitch, Brandon Crawford puts one in the seats. So you know if that pitch is called correctly, you know that 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 might probably doesn't happen. Probably doesn't hit a home run. You know because he was sitting on a on a fat pitch. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not at all you know worried about Castillo. Um, I mean, there's there, there's things to be worried about. I, I'm definitely growing more and more concerned about the defense. Um, I know no one wants to hear that AUA and Suarez can't play shortstop, but I just what? I don't know. I I don't I don't see it. I, I don't I don't see it. I know he's made some nice plays, but your shortstop should make some nice plays. Like that's expected. Right. You know that's, that's supposed shortstop. to be your supposed to be your best defensive position. And again, as I've said all along, no disrespect at all to Suarez. Him volunteering to play shortstop to help the Reds is admirable and should be nothing but praise. There should be no criticism directed at him. It should be directed at the Reds for not having a legit shortstop. Um, and I don't even know. I don't even know if, if his bad defense with the current roster isn't still the best option. But it's it's not the kind of I, I don't see it being the winning formula. Um, I, I, his bad defense still might be better than Kyle Farmer playing every day, but that right. shouldn't. I feel like we should strive a little higher than that, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, maybe maybe he'll you know take some big steps, but I'm I'm, I'm growing more and more concerned there. Um, and I think that's something the Reds are going to have to address at some point. And I, I hope, um, I hope Bob would, you know, pony up a little bit and, you know, spend a little bit and get a le- legit shortstop and, you know, figure out how to play everyone and get playing time. Yeah, you know, we could we could do a whole show just on last night's game and how maddening it was. Um, and like, I feel like a lot of it was like offensively, I'm not too pissed off at him. Like, you know, things happened obviously, um, but. I think, you know, you score six runs, like, you should feel pretty confident when you have Luis Castillo on the mound, you score six runs, obviously. But also, like, you know, like you said, the defense, and today, like, we all knew Jonathan Indian was going to make rookie mistakes, and he had said that one today, he should have caught that ball. Like, it, it happens. Um, you know, it's, it's, but it's part of being a rookie. So, yeah, man, like, I think, like, these two games in San Francisco are just brutal. And for some reason, I just always hate playing them. I don't know if it's just a 2012 thing with me still, but it feels like every time they play the Giants, something freaky happens, <laughs> and I'm getting tired of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, overall, the Reds are 7-5. and five. Every single right. one of us would have taken 7-5 and five through 12 games. Anyone Absolutely. who says otherwise is, is completely full of it. They're lying. So, um, but that also doesn't mean that, you know, a 2-4 and four road trip against two teams that are projected to be below-average teams – is is good either. I mean, this was a chance for the Reds, you know, to 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 stack up some wins against some poor competition 
give themselves some more wiggle room. So if they go out to Los Angeles and get swept by the Dodgers, you know, it's not, it's not a, the sky is falling thing. It's like, okay, well, bad series, but Hey, we, we got off to a great start. So, you know, we've kind of banked that up. So now they're, you know, I feel like eight and four and seven and five just feels so different. It's they do, game, you know, <laughs> but they eight do. and four, eight and four, it felt so much better than seven and five. Um, but oh, the, for sure. the Reds are still, Reds are still tied for first. Still a good start. Um, the offense is still good. They were the top in baseball and run score coming today. They probably got passed today, but uh, you know, don't don't take two games and go. Oh my gosh, the offense is terrible. It happens. Um, it happens to to the best teams. They go through through stretches. You know, you could go and find the the, the 2010 Reds, who were one of the, probably the best offenses we've seen from a Reds team in the last. You know, I don't know, however long. I mean, they had stretches where they got shut out back-to-back games. Like, like it, it, it happens. Um, um, hope, hopefully, you know, have an off day tomorrow. Um, hopefully they can find a way to, to you know, um, take two out of three from Cleveland this weekend and, and kind of get, get back on track. But Sonny Gray coming back Saturday. Um, Love it. Se- seventh best ERA in baseball since he's joined the Reds in 2019. I mean, that's legitimately – how good of a pitcher he is. So, um, um, yeah, it's going to be okay, but there's still some things that are definitely concerning. Um, and we'll just kind of, you know, ha- have to see how they play out and hopefully the Reds will, will address some of them. Yeah. I mean, um, so not to kind of put a positive spin on it, you know, like you said, the Reds are fine. Like, um, I'm pretty impressed with how good Mustakas has been at third for not playing it for a while. Um, you know, he's made some really nice plays, and, like, he's been really good in the box. But, yeah, man, like, I think that when you talk about, like, I don't know where I'm at with the bullpen. Um, obviously, this whole Michael Lorenzen being out for 60 more days thing, going to the 68-day IL kind of frightens me. But I feel like, at the same point, this is why you build that depth, right? And it's like, where do they go from here? I saw Jose De Leon went to the bed. Um, I don't know. It's just... I know I'm, like, running through, like, 37 thoughts right now. But it's just was such a tough game today. You know, Quito was excellent, like I said. And, like, you know, seeing him leave early was, like, in San Francisco was, like, a PTSD moment almost. But, (laughs) yeah, man, it was just, like you said, like, the only team that's really looking more consistent than the Reds, I know they had a bad game in Arizona Sunday, it's been Milwaukee. Like, St. Louis, you know, they won game, they won 14-1. Today they lose 6 to nothing. And, you know, everyone was like, well, you know, you beat up on the Pirates and the Cubs got their ass kicked by the Pirates. So, yeah, like, they're still in a good spot. I mean, the Pirates beat the Padres, yeah, like, last night. So, Pirates, are up two, Pirates are up 2-1 on the Padres right now in the eighth. So Against Musgrove? Right. Yeah, against Musgrove. They're up 2-1. to one. They're batting. They're th- they are three outs away from winning back-to-back games against the, pa- uh, the, the Padres. So, yeah, I mean, sweeping, <laughs> sweeping the Pirates – as bad as the Pirates is, it's it's not easy. If the Dodgers yeah. played a three game series against the Pirates at home, the line would probably be they would win what two point one games. Like they would not be expected to sweep them. The Pirates would be expected to win one of the games. So, I mean, that it, it, taking care of business is is winning two out of three. Sweeping them is is having a really really great series. So I, I don't know why people don't understand them. The Pirates are going to win sixty games this year. Like those wins come against someone. Like they're not against minor league teams. Like they're they beat other major league teams. 
Yeah, so. those guys, they have major league contracts. They are major league players. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Um, I did want to run this fight because I saw it. Like, you know, you know how it goes. You lose two games in a row. Everyone's in panic mode. Um, so on, I think it was Blog Red Machine, I saw something pop up on my Facebook. You know, I used to write for them years ago. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, years ago. Um, today, there was a huge article. Someone wrote an article about, like, tra- transactions the Reds need to make now. And I'm like, oh, it's 12 games in. We need to make transactions. <laughs> and it was like, one was like trade Aristides Aquino. And I'm like, okay, so who's your right-handed bat off the, bo- off the bench? Like, and the other one was like, designate Jose De Leon for assignment now. And I'm like, oh God, you guys, woof. You guys post, like use all of your transactions in fantasy baseball, don't you? <laughs> well, Jose De Leon has options. So he can yeah. go to the alternate site. You do not have to just DFA him for the heck of it. Um, that That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I get it. You know, people, you know, they're going to panic. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the nature of, of sports, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, when you get the five and one start, it gives you cushion, you know, the Reds have used a little bit of that cushion up. Now they need to, you know, strap in and, and, uh, you know, play some good baseball for the next, uh, you know, 150 games. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like they could be okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. a little bit. Time talk about, yeah. Let's, let's talk about what's coming up. Um, you know, like you said, so these next 20 games are, like, you know, there's some good competition there. Cleveland, you have two series against. Um, you have you have your rematch with the Diamondbacks, who you lost two or three against. Uh, you obviously go to St. Louis and L.A. on a road trip, and you come home for the Cubs and the White Sox. So, like, these next 20 games before you have the Pittsburghs, the Rockies, the Giants at home in May, um, you don't lose your season on this by any means, but, like, like you said, like taking care of business, like if they win 11 of these games, if they go 11 and nine, this 20 game stretch against Cleveland, Arizona, St. Louis and the Dodgers, the Cubs and the White Sox. I feel pretty good. Like I feel pretty confident. Yeah. I mean, just kind of, you know, the, the next stretch into, into mid-May, just, you know, if you put close to 500 ball, I know people, that doesn't sound sexy. People don't love that. They'll be fine. You know, they, they get to May 10th. They have three against Pittsburgh, four against the Rockies, four more against the Giants. Who I was pretty impressed with the Giants, but I was the Giants too. aren't the Giants aren't aren't a juggernaut. So I mean, you know, if they do get you know beat up a little bit, you know, they lose three or four, four or five. You know, just remember, you know, they they are gonna to come back to a nice a nice cushion in in mid May, you know, where they should have a lot of a lot of very. Uh, you know, very winnable games. But, you know, when you have a rotation with, with Castillo, Gray, and uh, and Mally, I mean, that, that's going to stop a lot of losing streaks, you know? Yes. Um, um, one of those guys are just going to pitch so well. It doesn't really matter what your offense does as long as they can give you a couple runs and you'll, you'll find a way to get a win. Um, that's kind of what the Brewers are doing because the Brewers' offenses has um, – I think they look pretty good today. Um, I'm trying to remember. But I don't think the Brewers' offenses looked very good. But they've just gotten good start after good start after good start, which has kind of, um, um, you know, been able to carry them. When the Reds get their rotation settled settled in, um, at some point, and we'll have to, I'm sure we'll have to spend some time here talking about TJ Antone. Uh, he's such a hot topic right now. Um, but uh, yeah, at some point, at some point in the season, when the Reds do get, you know, hopefully Castillo, Gray, Malley, Antone, and you know Miley or whoever else is the fifth starter. 
I mean, man, that's gonna that's gonna give you a chance to put some put some good win streaks together and uh, um, prevent you from long losing streaks. Um, just because you know the, you're gonna have so many good guys. But yeah, I guess I, unless you have anything more to add to that, let's let's jump into to TJ Antone. What's your yeah. thoughts? I'll let you go first. Okay, so here's where I'm at with him. Like, obviously, he's been awesome, man. And, like, seeing him the other night on Monday night, comes in the pen, throws three and two-thirds after Miley's terrific, and he follows that up. Like, that was so cool. And the fact that he was honest, I kind of dug that, honestly. The fact that he was like, yeah, when David pulled me, I was exhausted. I don't know if I could have got that last out. Paraphrasing, <laughs> of course. Um, but just, like, kind of, like, having, like, that, like, self-awareness was cool, man. And um, his stuff is – when his stuff's on, man, like, he was in that – I think it was, like, a changeup, like, that he was throwing for a while there in the game that you could just see the Giants pitchers – the Giants batters look lost on. So I will go with this. I feel like this is a good situation. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, is it a situation where, like, we've talked about, you know, since we've been doing the show, like, could you see TJ Antone kind of becoming, like, a spot starter? Sure. Could you see him in the rotation this year? Sure. But for the moment, I think he's doing exactly what the Reds need him to do. Um, and I, I'm cool with it. I think he's pitched very well. And I think right now he's kind of earned the right to kind of do what he needs to do for the team. And, you know, if it comes to a situation where, you know, we run into like a Johnny Cueto 2012 again, we need someone to go and take the ball and beat Sam the Cure. I feel pretty good with having T.J. Antone do that. Yeah. You know, the guy only has four major league career starts, so I think you have, you have to kind of start there. Um, right. You know, he's had Tommy John surgery, I know, it was several years ago, but he also got hurt this, this year. So I, I fully support the Reds easing him in. And, you know, when we're talking about pitcher injuries and, you know, how you're going to navigate through pitchers that have had some some injury struggles and pitchers who haven't, you know, thrown more than 150 innings at any point in in, in a year in their career, um, and they're coming off a 30-inning season last year during the pandemic season. You know, I feel like a lot of us sitting at home, you know, keyboard warriors don't really understand that. And and, and it's kind of silly, I, I think, to, to think that we do, you know. Um, I'm going to kind of trust the – the, the the guys who have you know pitched in the major leagues are, are, are know you know the, the the full science behind that and, and all that goes into that with whatever their pitching plan is now I do think TJ Antone um, as long as he still keeps you know getting outs I do think the Reds do need to at some point look at him as a starter um, yeah I, w- I would hope this year at, at some point but I think easing him in you know gives you a chance of of maybe not having to shut him down later in the season. Um, because, you know, if he would have started, you know, the third game of the year, um, I don't know if Anton can get through a full season where the Reds would feel comfortable with him, you know, throwing 160, 170, 180 innings. Um, and, and he, you know, he might not get shut down in August. You don't want that, you know. If, if you were wanting to be a, you know, legitimate playoff team, you want TJ Anton to pitch the whole year. So if him pitching – you know, two or three innings, you know, um, every five, six, seven days is the way to preserve him enough to um, be able to contribute all year. I mean, I think that's that's a worthwhile um, reason to, to go that route. And, you know, what he did on, on Monday, you know, that absolutely helped the Reds win that game. Um, if they didn't have TJ Antone come in in relief, um, you know, maybe they still win that game. But, you know, he certainly... It certainly helped a lot. Um, so, 
yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with the way they're using him um, right now. Um, if, if he's still, you know, dominating and we're into, you know, June and, and the Reds are having, you know, two or three starters that are not performing well and they're still not going to give him a chance. Yeah. Then maybe we can look and go, yeah, I don't understand that. But, but right now I, I don't, I don't have an issue with what they're doing with them. No, I don't either. I mean, it's six and two thirds innings so far. He has a whip of 0.60. I mean, that's <laughs> not, not, not too shabby. Yeah. No one's going to be mad about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about what we've seen from him. I really have a lot of confidence in him and what we've seen so far. Um, like you, but like you said, we're talking about a guy who's thrown 35 innings. So it's like kind of like the nice shiny toy, and you want to make sure it's, re- you know, it's ready to go and has his batteries before we go this crazy. But, yeah, I think you need those guys to win. I think, like you said, like if it, gets, it keeps going at this, you know, throw them in there and get some starts and make things happen. Um I think we had Carlos on a couple of weeks ago. He's, he kind of talked about the idea of TJ Antone being the guy that goes to the rotation and putting Michael Lorenzo back in the pen. And that's truly not a bad situation for the Reds there. Um, we've seen him be successful in the pen being Lorenzo. I know last year before he moved to the starting, he kind of had a little up and down season. But, you know, like we said, last year was a weird-ass year, um, like we've talked about many a times. But I still am really confident in both those guys. And I still think that they both bring a lot to the table for this Reds team to be successful. Yeah, when the news today of Lorenzo uh, not going to be back till till probably early um, June at, at the earliest. I mean that that definitely takes a, a massive hit on the Reds' depth. Um, it probably unless when Lorenzo you know comes back, the Reds' situation is is dire with starting pitching. Probably to me it signifies they'll probably just throw him in the bullpen. Um, um, you know, just, just because at that point, not pitching, he's going to take him longer to, to build up, to be, to be ready to start games. Um, you know, I, I feel for Lorenzo, because he's been a guy that, that has, has done nothing, but ev- whatever the Reds have asked, you know, done, done multiple roles. Um, always been a great team guy, um, um, class act, you know, all, all those kind of things. And he's finally going to get a chance to start and just, um, um, you know, just, just the injury bug just, just, just killed him this spring. So I definitely feel for him. I, I hope he can come back and, and contribute, you know, at, at worst, at least in the, the bullpen. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. So I did kind of want to get your thoughts on this, on something real quick. I, I mentioned Wade Miley earlier. Um, obviously, you know, he's been terrific in his two starts. He's had two five inning plus games where he's had, um, you given up no runs. So, I looked real quick to kind of compare. We knew he kind of had a rough year last year with injuries, and he didn't pitch very well. So last year he threw 14 and a third innings. This year he's throwing 11. Last year he had 12 strikeouts. This year he has nine. His whip last year was a 1.67. This year it's a .55. <laughs> do you feel like this is progress, or do you feel like it's the teams he pitched against? Um, I, I don't think it really has too much to do with who he pitched against. Um. Um, I think Wade Miley is a decent pitcher. He's yeah. not going to uh, put up a, a um, an ERA of zero point zero um, all year. Um, I feel like that's probably a little too bold. Um, but I think I think he can, um, you know, get close to his his career ERA is four point two one. His zips projection was four point seven one. I think he probably maybe will split the difference this year. You know, maybe maybe be a you know, best case scenario, low four ERA guy. That's everything the Reds could could ask for. You know, he he was the fifth starter. 
Um, um, I mean, he's obviously better than that now because De Leon's getting the boot and he's still there. So he was ahead of him. It just, I guess, the way it worked out, how they wanted to start them. But, um, um, but yeah, I, 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 I like Wade Miley. I think he's a, um, um, a nice guy to have, you know, at the, at the back end of your rotation. Um, and hope, hope he can stay healthy because he's, he's been another guy that has, you know, had some injury concerns, you know, ha- had just a terrible time last year, um, staying on the field. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when he's at his best, you know, um, um, you know, he can, he can give you some quality innings and, and David Bell, I feel like uses him really, really well. He does, he does not let him get it. He does not let him get exposed. I know people were livid that they took him out of the game after five innings. Um, but you brought in Anton and, and that worked out, you know, beautifully, but, um, um, yeah, he's a guy who really the third time through the order, his, uh, his numbers against get really, really bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Wade Miley comes out, you know, gives you, you know, five innings, four innings, some nights, you know, that's good enough. Um, and then we'll just have, you know, hopefully the bullpen can settle in. Hopefully they can find enough guys that can throw strikes. Um, and you know, I, I guess the thing to caution is, you know, the Reds bullpen last year was terrible the first two weeks and then they settled in and man, they were good. And if, if you kind of look name by name, you know, this bullpen is at least comparable to last year's. I mean, I know you don't have Rysel Iglesias, who was really, really good last year after those first two weeks. Um, but but when you get past, you know, the Sims and Garrett, you know, I think you can make a case that, that um, um, you know, this year's, you know, I, I think the, the, the bottom end is, is probably better. Now, I don't know if they have the depth. You know, you kind of look at AAA – I'll be honest, you know, I'm a guy who follows the team pretty close. I don't know a lot of these guys at uh, the uh, AAA at the alternate site. There's a lot of names on there that I'm like, who is that? I don't, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, um, we need to gray on for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like they have great depth at the the alternate site. Um, um, but hopefully that's you know, I know the Reds picked up a guy off of the waiver wire today. I, I would imagine they'll they'll keep doing that throughout the year. Um, and hopefully they can pick up some guys just to to give them enough innings, and hopefully they can. You know, find enough guys to um, um, throw strikes. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Jordan mentioned um, um, Carson Fulmer. Um, I think he's, yeah. he's got some talent. He's looked pretty sharp this year. He's come in and thrown strikes, um, which is, has been huge for this team. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, day off tomorrow, everyone will be fresh going to the Cleveland series, and hopefully, they can they can have a good series. Yeah, I feel good about this week. Honestly, um, I don't think that the, you know Arizona kind of had a lot of breaks go their way. And that series, they definitely earned the right to win those games. But, man, like, that one hitter was crazy. Uh, so, I think, you know, I think they'll be okay there. And the Indian series, I was kind of hoping that we would get – I saw originally, because I have Shane Bieber in fantasy baseball, and they were saying he was going to pitch Saturday. And I was like, oh, man, Gray versus Bieber Saturday would be cool. And it was like, I guess he's pitching Sunday now? So, I was like, oh, well, that's fine too, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, I think that – it's going to be a fun week of games before we get back here next week. Um, my last question for you, you know, I always got to end the show on a fun one. <laughs> Are you picking up MLB the show this week on pre-order? We wait until Tuesday. Uh, I, so I, I don't know. It's always like a game of chicken. So um, I, I expect everyone now to get me a gift, but my birthday's May 4th. So like they always ask me, what do you want for birthday? And I'm like, yeah, yeah MLB the show. So someone like always like gets it, but I'm like, or usually someone gets it. So I'm like, kind of like, it's kind of like a game of chicken. Like, is someone going to get it for me on May 4th? But I don't really want to, like, I can wait two weeks if, 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 uh, if, um, you know, someone's going to get it, but if they don't, I don't really want to wait. I'm just going to get it now. So, 
Um, I don't know. We'll wait and see. I'm going to have to kind of put my, put my feelers out and see if <laughs> I think someone's going to get it for me or not. Uh, I'm sure you're getting it, Tim. Oh yeah. I've already got it. Like, so I pre-ordered it. Um, so it'll download at midnight on Friday. Oh, and you got it on the, uh, on the PS5, right? I did. Yeah, I did. I was one of the lucky people who got a PS5 at launch and all my friends hated me. I got a I got a, a new Mac and instead of a PS5, so I am I am well past my uh, my family spending limit for the year. Um, <laughs> so so maybe maybe next year tax time. So I'll have to play the the show on the uh, the poor man's PS4. Well, I feel hey, sorry I, for me, everyone. It's it's uh they're doing the the network's gonna be cross compatible, so we could like play against each other on the four and five. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, you'll be able yeah. to see the pitches better than me kind of unfair but <laughs> yeah you know that's like i i used to always play like online and people would play with like the mets because r.a dickey and the knuckleball in that game was insane i was like oh this this isn't oh, fun i don't want to no. play yeah i was like yeah, i don't want to play I, anymore I, I i i've broken controllers at one of my uh my old pals always threw a knuckleball or um the worst 12-6 curveball uh one of my buddies if he's listening he'll, he'll know who he is he always pitched um, uh, Levon Hernandez against me, and he had the nastiest 12-6 curveball. And I knew it was coming every single time, and I could not hit it. Like, just, it, I couldn't, no matter if he threw it right in the middle of the plate, every time I missed it. So, yeah, I, I feel you there. I would always get Donchell Willis when he was good because of his windup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of missed Donchell. That year he was in Cincinnati was fun. Yeah, the um the the dude that um the the Giants threw out there um I'm I'm Rogers Taylor Rogers. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I do not want to face him in the show. That would be a miserable. I would never be able to get a hit off of him. Um, I would probably just just uh set the controller down and be like, I hope he walks me. Yeah, he'll be a guy I pick up in Diamond Dynasty and I throw in an online game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, this was, you know, as always, a lot of fun. We had a really awesome guest, so that was neat. Oh, 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 oh! The Pirates won. The Pirates won. They have they have won two games against the Padres. So there you go. Your Pittsburgh Pirates. They Don't have won series that. against the the, the Padres, the Padres, and the Cubs. They just turned a double play to end the game. So there you go. That red sweep. It keeps aging well. It does. Yes. It's like uh, Ken Palm for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, thanks again as always. Thank you so much for joining us for the barbecue. Uh, for those who don't follow them, before, you should if you love baseball because they're the best. Uh, they're awesome. So everyone have a good night. We'll talk soon and we'll be back next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.